Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange... The bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. So being married to you, I've developed a whole set of skills that I never would have had (laughs) if it weren't for you. Yeah, you're getting creepy good at identifying what's going on based on sounds. She doesn't have to say anything. I could be in the other room and she'll make a sound and I'll know exactly what uh, what she's doing. So the other day this started where I was in the kitchen and I was doing something. I think I was doing dishes or something and I, I made a little noise and he went, did you just scratch your nose? <laughs> yeah, because she goes... That's your that's your uh, your I'm I'm rubbing my nose sound. Based on that sound, I can only assume you've just scratched your nose. <laughs> um, so I died laughing, and now you've started doing it with all my sounds. I hear rear. That means you're picking something up. <laughs> <laughs> and when I hear ear 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 I know you're scratching a certain part of your anatomy. You're just adorable and a delight to be with at Shush. all times. Um, at least your sounds aren't annoying like mine. Although my, you say my snoring has become actually kind of a purr. I tried recording some of it last night, um, but every time I would get my phone out, you would stop doing it. I don't know <laughs> if you knew what I was doing. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you started doing this weird purr thing where, you know, it sounds like a snore on the way in, but on the way out, it sounds like a cat purring. And it's it's kind of nice. So, so it's gone from annoying the shit out of you to making you want to make a cup of tea and curl up with a blanket. When don't I want to do that? Well, how about right now while I tell you a story? Oh, I see what you did there. Actually, it's not a story. No. Um, no. The other day you mentioned a bizarre conspiracy theory that I came across. I mentioned that to you and you wanted to know more. Oh, the Australia thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You wanted to hear more about this. So, okay, here you go. Apparently, Australia does not exist. Yeah, this is a real theory. Why would somebody make up a a history about a fake continent that doesn't exist? Uh, The answer? Uh, Genocide. Oh. All the maps are wrong. All the histories that have been written about Australia are fake. And all the people that say they're from Australia? Yeah, bad news to our listeners in Australia. 
Evidently, you don't exist. Oh, are they actors? Yes. Oh. Planes that fly over Australia, the, the airline pilots, astronauts who can see it from space, they're all in on it. They're all part of the conspiracy. Oh, wow. That uh, Australia doesn't exist. This, quote, theory that Australia doesn't exist gained popularity. According to BuzzFeed, a report they did, when a woman from Sweden named Shelley Florid posted on Facebook explaining exactly why and how Australia just, quote, is made up. Australia is, quote, made up. What are Shelley's qualifications? She's a lady in Sweden. <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So that's all you have to do is just put it out on the internet and people will go, mm-hmm, yeah. yep, that, that sounds legit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She said, quote, Australia does not exist at all. All of the things that you call, quote, proof are actually well-fabricated lies and documents made by the leading governments of the world. Your Australian friends, they're all actors or computer-generated personas, part of the plot to trick the world. But she figured it out? Yeah, yeah she, she figured it out. Yeah, that's the thing. BuzzFeed goes on to say that Florid claims that Australia was actually invented by Britain so it could kill tens of thousands of convicts rather than have to house them or jail them or send them to a country on the other side of the world. She also claims that uh, nearly every person at every level is in on this massive scheme, including the airline pilots, who actually what they do, the airline pilots, when you buy a ticket to Australia, they fly you to like either South America Mm -hmm. or some island and tell you that it's Australia. Do they keep track of where they flew you the last time? Because if you fly to Australia twice, then wouldn't you notice that it was different? Oh, I think that it's different airlines go to different places, clearly. Come on, sweetie. Well, but what if you fly Spirit one time and JetBlue the next? Oh, now you're using critical thinking skills. Uh, Cut it out. Ruining everything. Yep. She said that, uh, well, quote, this was going to be a short post, but I went wild with it because I looked up some facts. Facts. (laughs) Facts. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then Facebook deleted the post. But not until after a lot of people uh, jumped on it and kind of ran with it. Again, do we know what Sally's qualifications are? No. Is she a Australia expert or a no, she's criminal a, justice she's expert? A housewife or? from um, Sweden. After some research, Thought Catalog said in an article about Shelley that uh, they think that her spreading the conspiracy, she's just doing it for entertainment purposes. Sure. She's not a genuine believer in this, but many people reading her posts take them seriously. Yeah. It's part of an interesting phenomenon where people will read misinformation on the internet and then for some reason will defend what they've read and the status of it until their dying breath. Yeah, I think it, I I can only imagine that it has something to do with wanting desperately to feel like you are in on the know yeah. that the rest of us don't know. Right, and if you challenge that, they dig their heels in yeah. on it because no, 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 you're the one that's deceived. Right. One of the people who believed this conspiracy 
uh, developed a spin-off conspiracy of their own. They're oh. claiming that, quote, they discovered that Finland does not exist. Oh, that one either. No. Yeah. No. So there you go. What if you told them that you had discovered that the place where they live doesn't exist? <laughs> what does that do? The aforementioned BuzzFeed report does end up confirming that, in fact, Australia does exist. What do you mean confirming? It says, quote, Australia is, of course, real. I know this because... I'm in Australia right now, in an office with 30 or so other people who are also in Australia. You've just been tricked, dummy. <laughs> then I started thinking about other weird conspiracies that have gained traction lately. Mm -hmm. Here's one. It's a popular conspiracy among Zoomers on TikTok that Helen Keller's not real. What? Yeah. What? And that if she is real, her story's made up. They claim that to have found evidence that she was an airline pilot. Uh, and that she was also a calligrapher. Very difficult skills to have for people w in her position. They also claim that uh, she wrote 13 books all by herself with no help. So, Helen Keller's not real. <laughs> just just so as you know. Well, she was real, but her... Story was fake. Yeah, it goes from one extreme to the other. Wow. Here's another good one. Have you heard about this? Birds aren't real. Oh, yeah, of course. Apparently, the government has systematically killed off the entire global bird population and replaced them with identical drones for surveillance purposes. Yeah. All right. So the theory was uh, put forward by a 20-year-old student, and it goes something like this. <laughs> JFK was assassinated by the CIA because he refused to kill all the birds and replace them with drones. <laughs> So there is a team of aeronautic engineers from Boeing mm. that are housed in Area 51 and our tax dollars are being funneled into the building of a drone called the Turkey X-500. <laughs> it's a robot mm -hmm. that uh, is used to hunt and kill large birds. According to Audubon.org, the conspiracy claims the CIA eliminated 12 billion birds. Initially, not for surveillance purposes, though. Initially, they eliminated the birds because they'd been pooping on the CIA's windshields. Yep. Uh, so they wiped them all out between 1959 and 1971. And um, they used B-52 bombers for this. That they oh. were specially retrofitted with some sort of poison spray that would only kill the birds. Uh, and then they slowly and systematically replaced the, uh, with, uh, the birds with identical looking bird robots that could surveil Americans. Okay, so when I see like a bird, not a shredded tire, that has been injured <laughs> or something and it is bleeding, that's just robot blood yeah that's how clever they are sweetie it could be like hydraulic uh, fluid no that tastes different the conspiracy theory is a few years old i think 2017 and again uh, according to audubon.org the whole movement feeds into this error of post-truth uh, politics the campaign relies on internet fueled guerrilla marketing to spread its message manifesting through real world posters and photoshopped propaganda tagged with birds aren't real slogan now the birds aren't real movement has a very devoted fan base mm -hmm. however it's a little bit different than the australia one most of them are in on the joke it's poking fun at america's political divide the last time we were at disney someone was wearing a birds aren't real t-shirt really yeah oh that's right 
It's a joke so re- this is what most people think. It's a joke so ridiculous that conservatives and liberals can come together and laugh at it. But for some reason, some of the followers of the movement believe it that it's no more unbelievable than the whacked out conspiracy theories that are circulating right now. But this one turned into a marketing ploy. This is why so many people think that this is actually a genius move, because it's a digital breadcrumb trail that leads to a website that leads to a shop full of ready-to-buy merchandise. Yeah. So the guy behind it, he's a 20-year-old. His name is uh, uh, Peter McIndoe. And he's an English and philosophy major at the University of Memphis in Tennessee. Now, tracing this movement back, we can get it back to January of 2017 when he kind of went live with his birds aren't real conspiracy. Mm -hmm. There's a video that shows him holding up a crudely drawn sign heckling protesters at an event with lines like, birds are a myth, they're an illusion, they're a lie. Wake up, America. Wake up, sheeple. He claims the idea of selling bird, uh, birds aren't real merchandise came after that when it gained traction on Instagram. Yeah. Um, well, the only problem with Sweden housewife Australia chick is that she doesn't have any merch yet. <laughs> well, maybe she does. Popular Mechanics has an article about the most ridiculous conspiracies that people believe. There's a lot that surrounds the uh, European Organization for Nuclear Research or CERN. Some people believe that when CERN discovered the Higgs boson particle in 2012, they created a black hole and Earth has been sucked into it. Uh, There are also people that believe that the world ended in 2012 and we just haven't realized it yet. Okay. Because when they discovered the Higgs boson, it sucked us into uh, oblivion, I guess. And we haven't realized it because... I don't know, sweetie. It's the, the time-space fabric. Yeah, it could be. Sure. I could almost get, in bo- get on board with that one because uh, I think it would make a great movie. But um, there, there are others who say that it ripped a hole in the fabric of time uh, when they discovered the Higgs boson particle in 2012 and that we uh, are hurtling through an alternate universe different from the one that we were in initially and that uh, somehow it reversed time. Somehow we went back in time, but we don't know it because we feel like we're experiencing it for the first time. And is that the reason that we have the Mandela effects? Maybe. <laughs> it's all making some sense. Mm-hmm. We've all heard the conspiracy about Walt Disney. And when he died, he uh, he was cryogenically frozen. He used uh, what was at the time leading technology to freeze himself. Mm-hmm. The idea, of course, was that when science and medicine advanced to a point that they could cure him of his lung cancer, they would also have the technology to uh, bring him back, defrost him, and uh, have him make some more, some more movies. We, we live in Orlando now, but I lived here for a number of years before. And I heard all kinds of stories uh, about that, like how he was cryogenically frozen and his body is actually stored beneath the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, in uh, Disneyland, or that it was somewhere in the castle at Walt Disney World's uh, Magic Kingdom. So we can't even determine if he's in California or Florida? No, we're not sure. Oh, wow. We're not sure. It seems cor- like a poorly put together theory if we don't even know what state he's in. Well, well, unfortunately, the Disney family refuses to confirm any of this. Huh. Yeah, they actually uh, go as far as to refute those claims. No. He is, in fact, buried in Forest Lawn in Glendale, California. And uh, the curator and I made a trip there one time to visit some celebrity graves Mm -hmm. 
And when we were there, we were we were standing in front of Walt Disney's uh, crypt, and there was a piece of paper taped to it. And so I kind of carefully stepped over the little fence and went over and pulled it off and mm-hmm. looked at it. And it was a note. This was way back in the early 90s. The note was written, obviously, by a child, and it said, Dear Mr. Disney, they made a movie about Aladdin. I just thought you should know. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that cute? That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. So anyway, to the best of my knowledge, that's where Disney's remains are. Um, Not frozen and hidden under Pirates of the Caribbean. But to be fair, you didn't see them. That's true. But that's not the conspiracy I'm talking about here. It's the conspiracy involving the motive for producing the Disney film Frozen. After all, it's uh, just a cl- it's a classic fairy tale that was written hundreds of, hundreds of years ago. Why did Disney all of the sudden decide to make this movie? The conspiracy theory suggests that they were looking for any film that they could make that they could title Frozen. The idea was that uh, the Walt Disney Company wanted to do that so they could hack Google's search algorithm and distract people from information about Walt Disney being cryogenically frozen. Oh, okay. If people type in Walt Disney frozen, they get an avalanche of information about the movie and Mm -hmm. not about where Walt's cryogenically frozen body is housed. Right. So you can figure out exactly how that theory came to be. Someone searching for quote unquote proof that uh-huh. Disney had been cryogenically frozen, typed in Disney frozen, kept getting stuff about the DVD, yeah. and then got pissed. Yeah, that's probably exactly what happened. Fuck off, Olaf. I'm not interested. For the sake of conserving time, I'm going to just list off some of the strangest conspiracies that I've come across that have gained traction online. And if you want to read more about them, you can uh, look them up. Okay. Prince Charles. The Prince of Wales is actually a vampire. Oh. (laughs) He's related to Vlad the Impaler. Uh, Many royals in Charles' bloodline have a a rare blood disease, which is an iron deficiency and causes people to be sensitive to sunlight. Hence, Charles is a vampire. I can kind of get on board with that one, actually. Sure, that all connects. The Earth is flat. Right. The moon landing was fake. Sure. The Denver International Airport is the Illuminati headquarters. Sure, we've discussed well, that, that one. That one's true. Uh, the Earth is hollow. Yep. Nazis have a secret base that they still occupy, hidden in the ice in Antarctica. The moon isn't real. Right. No, why would it be? It's a hollow alien base. The Titanic actually did not sink. Wow, we talked about that. Amelia Earhart was eaten by crabs. Crabs? Yeah. Solar flares caused the Titanic to sink. But it didn't. Queen Elizabeth I was actually a man. J.K. Rowling doesn't exist. Justin Bieber is actually a reptilian alien. Well, there are lots of those. Uh, The current Queen Elizabeth is a cannibal. This is a cool one. You remember the Ice Bucket Challenge a few years ago? I do, yeah. And how it angered me so much. I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, Apparently, it is a satanic ritual. Maybe that's why it angered me so much, not the fact that people were just blindly doing it when they could have just made a donation anonymously. I did it. I'm over that now, though. Yeah, I can tell. NASA knows that there are actually two sons, and they've hidden it from us. Whose sons? Michelle Obama is a man and is responsible for murdering Joan Rivers. The Israeli government has a pack of evil GPS-equipped sharks that they use against their enemies. (laughs) You know what that makes me think of? Are they? Lasers. 
Are they evil sea bass with frickin' lasers? Anyway, that should get you started. Wow. Go ahead. Dig in. That's exhausting. I'm sure there's some truth in there somewhere. My source information, Popular Mechanics, Time Magazine, Audubon.org, Thought Catalog, and BuzzFeed. And Time did a really good article on why people dig in and Mm. believe these conspiracy theories. And we just kind of touched on it because, you know, we were talking about how people just want to feel like they figured something out that nobody else could, could figure out. Yeah, it goes a lot deeper than that. But there is a real psychological condition that causes people to do that. And it's always, we've always had that, but now with social media and the internet. Yeah. I mean, there was a, what was it? Um, a YouTuber earlier this year posted a, um, a video claiming that Chuck E. Cheese didn't throw away the uneaten pizza. Yeah. That they resell it. And it gained so much traction, like 35 million views, that Chuck E. Cheese had to make a public statement <laughs> assuring people that wasn't true. Amazing. And now... That thing in the middle. In 1892, the Princess of Liechtenstein got so pissed at a countess for criticizing her flower choices at a party that she challenged her to a topless all-female sword duel. After the countess criticized the flowers that the princess chose for an event at the Vienna Musical and Theater Exposition in August of 1892, the two women engaged in a topless duel. As the story goes, the garments from their upper bodies were removed to prevent any wounds from becoming infected. A newspaper account at the time said, quote, At the third round, the princess was slightly wounded on the nose and the countess on the arm. Their two seconds advised them to embrace, kiss, and make friends, which accordingly they did. Guess what I'm holding in my hand, and I'll give it to you. This is the Box of Oddities. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. 
greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids and they live about 3,000 miles away and my daughter is expecting a child and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life, Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. I think it was Box 363 or 4, uh, tamping it in with an iron rod, where, <laughs> where we talked about Phineas Gage. Yeah. He was the railroad worker back in the night. Railroad worker. He was the railroad. <laughs> Did you make an era? I made an era. Um, an era. He was a railroad worker who was working with explosives. And when he was packing dynamite into a cliff with an iron rod, it ignited and it shot the iron rod right through his head. Right. And he survived. Uh, Ginger Clark, a member of the Order of Freaks on Patreon, wrote... Phineas needs his own movie, if it doesn't already exist. The Incredible Tale of Phineas Gage. Mm -hmm. Simon Pegg as Phineas Gage. Hugh Jackman as Dr. Harlow. Narrated from his perspective throughout the movie. That does sound amazing. And it should somehow be a musical, maybe. Well, that's a great idea, and we've started working on that. <laughs> yes, we've been very busy the last couple of days. <laughs> here's here's a clip from our yet unfinished musical about Phineas Gage, simply called Phineas. I thought it should be called Gage, exclamation point. Well, either way, it's a working title. 1848. Cavendish, Vermont. Pardon me, you Phineas Gage, sir. 
That depends who's asking. Oh, well, sure, sir. I'd like to ask a question, because I'm curious, sir. I have been looking for you. I'm getting nervous. Sir, I had some tools and since then, I lent several to a fellow. He returned them bloody, but I never got some back. And when I inquired, he says you have them. It's a blur, sir. That head wound looks substantial. It's much worse, sir. Yes, and now I'm looking closer. And apologies if I'm disrespectful. You're standing upright and you're walking and you're talking. So how'd you do it? With a crowbar in your head. See, it just kind of writes itself. Beautiful. Yeah, it really... And, and really in, well done. I think every scene is going to end with a giant explosion. Every scene should. I don't mean just this, but all things. <laughs> I would agree with that. And we'll be right back with more Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And with that, I uh, turn to my lovely bride, Katrina Walls, and ask her this. What you got for me. No jingle? No. No, I'm retiring that. Are you? I'm tired of the hate mail. All right. Well, we should have a ceremony then. Should we? Yeah. Just one last time and that's it? All right. I tell you what, one last time and then we'll blow it up. (laughs) (laughs) What you got for me? What, what you, what, what you got? (coughs) all right smoke is clearing um i'm gonna miss that jingle i'll put a link on our website for those of you who want to keep listening to it (laughs) (laughs) you can download it for a phone tone what do the youngsters call it a ringtone yeah those (laughs) ringtone whatever the tone yeah phone tone yeah yeah make sure you turn your phone tones off for when you're on the air flight John Romulus Brinkley was born in July of 1885 in North Carolina. He was the only son of a country physician, John Richard Brinkley, and his wife. And by the 1930s, John Brinkley had made millions of dollars by implanting goat testicles in men. Now let's go back in time and look at how this progressed. (laughs) Okay, I am so locked into this story already. Go ahead. John Richard Brinkley had five wives, and the fifth wife uh, was named Sarah. And after being married for a little bit, Sarah's niece, Sarah, came to live with them. And John Brinkley had a baby with Sarah's niece, Sarah. Oh, wow. Wow. They called one of the Sarahs Sally in order to differentiate between the two Sarahs. And Brinkley's mom, Sarah, died when he was five. His dad passed away when he was 10, so he had to live with Sally, not Sarah. Brinkley began work carrying mail between local towns, and he used a telegraph. He wished, though, to become a doctor. In late 1906, he returned home to Sally after he had heard that she was unwell, and she ended up passing away in 1906. But while he was home, he ran into an old schoolmate of his, Sally. Now, at the Another Sally? Another Sally. So there's two Sarahs, two Sallys, one that is Sarah and Sally. (laughs) Holy fuck, I can't keep any of this straight. Now, at the age of uh, 21 and 22, they got married in 1907. Brinkley spent some time as a traveling telegrapher, but again, his goal was to become a doctor. And together with his wife, Sally, they staged a theatrical play to attract crowds where then he could sell tonics to them. Oh, okay. One of those guys. Yeah. You can kind of picture the kind of guy that would say, we should have a play 
and then create a problem uh, to which we can sell a solution. Sure. Goes on in politics all the time. Perhaps in an effort to legitimize his tonic business, the family moved to Chicago to enroll in the Bennett Medical College. Uh, he wasn't able to finish school, though, because he had amassed incredible debt. Uh, but it was there that he became interested in gland grafting. Now, it was around this time that Sally said she wanted a divorce, but Brinkley kidnapped their daughter and went to Canada, so she agreed to stay with him so that he'd bring their kid back to the States. Well, that's a power move. Oh, yeah, that's real nice. They spent some time moving around, and they had another Sally or whatever. They moved to Chattanooga, and Brinkley called himself a men's specialist. He set up a storefront in Greenville, South Carolina, with a man named James Crawford, and the two opened a shop as the Greenville Electromedic Doctors, where they would inject patients with quote-unquote electric medicine from Germany. <laughs> Usually, it was colorful water, but... He alleged that it could strengthen masculine fertility. And again, he was not great at paying his debts. And there was uh, jail involved and they got sued and they had like 40 businesses that were like, these people owe us money. And he ended up making his ex-partner pay for most of it. He wasn't doing great. So they had to relocate to Memphis. And it was there that Brinkley met 21-year-old Minerva Jones. Okay, Minerva, that's a different name. Yeah, they called her Sally. Now, No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They called her Minnie. But uh, I will say, my uh, first boyfriend, he talked about when we had kids, and he wanted to name our first kid Minerva. Huh. Minerva. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want children. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that relationship. Um, <laughs> on August 23rd, 1913, after Minerva and Brinkley had been courting for four days, they got married at the Peabody Hotel, even though Brinkley was still married to Sally. Minnie and John honeymooned in Kansas City and uh, Denver and Knoxville. Apparently, they were touring the country looking for a good place to, I don't know, sell colorful water as electric, whatever. It doesn't matter. So Brinkley was arrested in Knoxville uh, and he was put in jail for practicing medicine without a license and for writing bad checks. It was pretty much the theme mm -hmm. at this point. So anyway, he got out of jail and he attended Eclectic Medical College in Kansas City, Kansas. Now, Eclectic Medical College was a term coined by Constantine Raffinesque. Raffinesque used the word eclectic to refer to physicians who employed whatever was found to be beneficial to their patients. If it looks like it's working, we're going to practice that. Right. Now, Brinkley didn't graduate from this school, but he did purchase a medical degree from a diploma mill. Okay. So then the family moved to Milford, Kansas in 1916. He opened a 16-room clinic. And again, he was very interested in preying on flaccid boners. Now, as a result... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an easy target, sweetie. It's true. It's something that people are really sensitive about and really want to fix. Mm -hmm. And so why wouldn't that be the, the thing that you were like, yeah, this is how I'm going to do it. Anyway, um, also keep in mind that at this point, he had to divorce Sally and he had to remarry Minnie because their marriage obviously wasn't legal. It was a whole thing anyway. In a biography 
that Brinkley had commissioned himself, he struck up the idea of transplanting goat testicles in men when a patient came to him and asked if he could fix someone who is, quote, sexually weak. Did he take out their real? Uh... I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Yeah. Brinkley responded by joking that the patient would have no problem if he had, quote, a pair of those buck glands in you. The patient then said, well, why don't you put some of those in me? And so Brinkley was like, yeah, cool. Wow. What year was this? It was about 1916. That sounds about right. Brinkley claimed that the patient begged him to do this operation, and he obliged for $150. The patient's son later told the Kansas City Star that Brinkley had, in fact, offered to pay his father if he'd go along with the experiment. Aha! Uh-huh. But anyway, soon he was attracting national attention with his goat gland transplant surgery, where he would open up the ball sack, put in a goat testicle, sew it in, and then close up the sack. But... He, did he connect it to anything? No, or, no. No, just put it in there. Just put it in there. It's kind of like how uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had a baby in junior. Yeah. It was just floating around in his insides. I see. Okay. Well, now that makes sense. Oh, yeah. The science is definitely there. Didn't the body go, nope? Yeah. And try to re- reject it? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was around this time that uh, Brinkley started making some good money because, for whatever reason, some patients were saying, I feel like this worked. <laughs> and uh, they, those who didn't think it worked were dying, so that's fine. Right. The, the <laughs> It's hard to yelp when you're dead. Yeah. Or you have, a <laughs> or you have an inflamed scrotum. <laughs> so for several years... Uh, Brinkley was gaining financially as he was also thinking, I've got to do more, right? He's got to expand. Mm. And so he bought a powerful radio transmitter and he was able to build and operate one of the first radio stations in Kansas. It was KFKB, Kansas first, Kansas best. He was reaching a nationwide audience and was treating about 50 new patients a week who would travel across the country eager uh, for the goat gland operation. Did they have like a goat gland weekend on his radio station? They didn't, but he did use... Uh, Caller a- number six gets goat <laughs> glands. <laughs> One of the ways that he advertised his business was by claiming that the first farmer that had asked him for this procedure had given birth to a baby named Billy. <laughs> so he used billy in his ads you know he's holding the goat ball baby and the and did billy have horns no billy did not have horns but brinkley had this huge unchecked platform where he could tell people what they wanted to hear and they bought it yeah it's kind of like my story in a way a little bit yeah. yeah Now, at this time, nearly four out of five radio stations didn't accept advertising, and Brinkley decided this was a great opportunity for him, so he made sales uh, a cornerstone of every broadcast, and he was raking in the dough. Soon, though, goat glands, he said, weren't just an impotence cure. They could cure almost anything. Of course they they can. Flu, goat balls. Insomnia, Goat balls. Mental illness? Oh, absolutely, goat balls. And he marketed himself nonstop. Here's the thing about Doc Brinkley. 
he's the only one who can help you. Oh my. And he's the only one that you should trust. Mm -hmm. Because other physicians can't do what he can do. Not everyone can jam goat balls into dude's testicles. It can't be taught. I see. And so because he had this big, powerful radio station, he could uh, just say these things over and over again. And people believed him. Yep. He could just say whatever he wanted. And it was unchecked. He was really selling himself as almost a godlike doctor. Hmm. He started this new segment called Medical Questions Box, where he would hear listeners complaints over the air and he would suggest goat balls well treatments of whatever kind but the treatments were only available at a network of pharmacies that were part of his pharmacy association okay so again what's the problem oh yeah i've got a cure for that go buy it here brinkley's goat balls you know it just (laughs) it was (laughs) it was quite the setup brinkley's goat balls go buy them here So the associated pharmacies would then sell Brinkley's over-the-counter medicines at incredible prices. He was putting ads in papers, holding the alleged goat balls baby. He would fly (laughs) by airplane to perform surgeries on the elite. It was a whole thing. Wow. Now, meanwhile, the American Medical Association is like... This isn't science. This isn't doctoring. This is not cool. And they did everything that they could to shut John Brinkley down. So he would go on the radio and talk about how he was being hunted, that people who just couldn't compete with his miracle cure were just on a witch hunt. They just wanted to close him down because Mm. he was the competition. Right. But in 1930, the Kansas Medical Board held a hearing to see if Brinkley's license should be revoked. And they discovered something that they couldn't ignore. Brinkley had signed 42 death certificates. And it was found that sometimes he would operate while intoxicated in less than sterile operating environments. But he was telling the radio listeners that he'd been crucified. The state revoked his license to practice medicine. And days later, Brinkley announced his candidacy for governor. Well then, why why the hell not? Well, he couldn't sell goat balls anymore, Mm -hmm. but... He knew that he had the backing of these people who listened to his shows who just believed everything that he had to say. Yeah. So there was a vigorous write-in campaign for Brinkley for Governor 1930. Unfortunately, because of the strict way that the commission demanded his name be written in, he lost. They did say if it hadn't been so strict, he would have won, though, which is terrifying. Um, He lost another bid for governor in 1932. And Brinkley was kind of pissed about this. He was done with Kansas. And so he moved his operation south. He went to a mansion in Del Rio, Texas, where he bought a new radio station, XER. Apparently, the regulations on content were much more relaxed. In well, Yeah, if it, if it had been an X station, then that means that the transmitter was on the Mexican side of the border. That's right. Hence, Little or no regulation at the time. That's right. And it was not as heavily regulated as far as power. So he could broadcast even further. Yeah, I I know a little bit about these border radio stations. You do? Because I I just found it really interesting. Um, In in some cases... You thought about buying one, didn't you? No, no, no. But that's where Wolfman Jack started. Uh, These powerful stations. This station. Was it this station? This station. Now, this station... If if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, was like two hundred thousand watts. It's huge on a clear channel AM 
station uh, that could broadcast and be heard from one side of the country to the other. You could drive from one side, from like East Coast to West Coast, and never lose the signal, much like Sirius XM is mm, yeah. uh, nowadays. The, the frequency and the power of the station was so great that the word was, you could actually pick up the broadcasts on barbed wire fence. I remember hearing that, yeah. It's crazy. Well, Brinkley continued his old radio format of medical advice and advertising products to solve those medical problems. Mm -hmm. Male listeners especially were offered an array of concoctions, injections, pills, so on and so forth, mostly, again, to address their sexual prowess. Boner pills. Boner pills. At the clinic that he ran, which was inside the hotel where he lived, he also was performing prostate operations. Oh, my God. And he would sue or threaten to sue anyone who said anything negative about him. He also had this great idea that he would begin selling airtime to other advertisers. And again, with no concern as to what they were selling. <laughs> Crazy water crystals, genuine stimulated diamonds, religious paraphernalia, including autographed pictures of Jesus Christ. Wow. I imagine that's worth a lot. Yeah. Brinkley also continued packing his radio station lineup with up and country up-and-coming country and roots singers, which helped launch many a career, like Gene Autry and the Carter family. Yes, that's that's right. Yeah. So he would alternate this selling of himself, selling advertising, great country music, selling of himself, selling advertising, great country music. <laughs> so why wouldn't you listen? He had hit on a formula. He really did. But again, he no longer had a medical license, so he was sued for malpractice many a times. And during his last years, he was indicted for mail fraud as well by the federal government. Now, is that M-A-I-L or? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair question. He was forced to declare bankruptcy in 1941. Now, consider that this man was a legit millionaire at one point, but he was forced to declare bankruptcy in 1941. Soon after, he had three heart attacks and had have a leg amputated and john brinkley died in 1942 in san antonio texas what the fuck what a roller coaster right no kidding i do kind of like him since he did put some good music on on the radio that's <laughs> that's fun well we watched that really interesting special about the carter family i don't yeah. think it was entirely about the carter family but a big part of it was about the carter family and their rise to fame and it was so interesting it and really was. to know that this is connected to it in some way yeah. is is really neat but his story is absolutely infuriating yeah but he gave us wolfman jack too that's well that's true mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i think it's interesting that both of our stories kind of contained a, a message of verify yep. cite your sources <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of hucksterism out there indeed i got most of my information from legendsofamerica.org allthatsinteresting.com the kansas reflector and of course wikipedia so let me segue into some uh 
hucksterism. Uh, don't forget to get your tickets to our live show. Now, when I say hucksterism, I don't mean that we're promising you something that you won't get. It was just a poorly choreographed segue into uh, my reminding you that tickets are on sale for our, our only live show this year. We're going to be at Caveat in Manhattan, October 29th, the Friday before Halloween. We're super excited about it. And if you can't join us there live, you can stream it live. Get all the details at theboxofoddities.com. And because it is going to be streamed as it is happening, we're able to offer the uh, streaming tickets at a discount. Uh, they're only 10 bucks, so you can watch it for 10 bucks. It should be a lot of fun. And you can watch us, uh, well, potentially fail live uh, on stage, which is always a real pop A real pop A real pop All that and more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll throw in some goat testicles. It'll be great. Um, we'll see, we look forward to seeing you there. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash BoxOfOdditiesPodcast On Twitter at BoxOfOddities And Instagram at BoxOfOdditiesPodcast Copyright 2021 All rights reserved Hi, I'm Neil And I'm Ken And we are from the Triviality Podcast a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Hello everyone, Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.